Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. You didn't hear it just a moment ago, but my computer just alerted me that it needed to download a few updates, and it came through the recording device, and it just completely threw both of us. We both just kind of stared at it for a second, like, oh no, what do we do? Yeah, that was unusual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Everything's fine. Got us both a little spooked for a moment there. <laughs> like, what's happening? Why are there noises? Yeah, this is this is not the way recording usually goes. But here we are. Here we are. Nothing is broken down. Nothing is melting down. Everything is working correctly. <laughs> Just weird noises that uh, this never happened before. So yeah, <laughs> computers are fun. So happy post Thanksgiving, everybody. Well, Canadian Thanksgiving for those of us in Canada. Yeah, where we are. In yeah, Canada. It's correct. Yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, any for any of our American listeners, you have your Thanksgiving too late. <laughs> Agreed. Too close to Christmas. Way too close to Christmas. Far too late in the Just season. Spread that out a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to be a harvest celebration. You don't pull in the harvest in November. That's too late. That's too late. Well, at least it's too late up here. Certainly, because we've it's snow on the ground. Yeah, then. it's cold by then. Yeah. Here in Canada, that does make for the best month, the month of October. Agreed. Because you get your Thanksgiving in there, you get your Halloween in there. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful <laughs> month, though. <laughs> month of October. The best. If anybody else had a, a feasty holiday. Uh, Congratulations. Congratu- no, uh, we wish you a happy feasty holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. We so, ate very well, for we the did. record. Yeah, we, uh, we, we attended both families' Thanksgivings this year. Yes. Because they were on different days. Yep. We got some extra feasting in. As we you were, do. And we were both very full of turkey. Yeah. Scott was very pleased to get two turkey dinners. I'm always very pleased to get two turkey dinners. It's his favorite part. I like turkey, but I think the reason that I like turkey so much is because it's a rare treat. You only get it a couple times a year. It's true. And and Scott also likes to double it up. He appreciates getting two like back-to-back turkey dinners. Yeah. And then spreading it out again. Yeah, the next one. This and the next turkey dinner. Next right? time I'm getting turkey is probably Christmas. Yeah, probably. So you have to wait like two whole months. Exactly. And a bit even. Indeed. And yeah. this is after the long drought over summer. Yeah. The turkey drought. Uh, <laughs> this is also, this is, certainly in Canada, this is also the week where the eggnog window cracks open. Yes. Just a little bit for like a couple days over Thanksgiving. Eggnog is available and then it's gone again until closer to Christmas. Yep. So if you want to get in on that early eggnog, you have to jump through that window when when the cracks open. Mm-hmm. And I've got some eggnog. I know. It's been on the grocery list for two weeks waiting for it to be available. Yep. Scott's like, you will buy the eggnog. I'm like, yes, I know. I like my eggnog. <laughs> it's a treat. It, and I think, again, it's, it's the exact same reason I like turkey so much because it is a rare treat. It's you don't get it treat. all the time. If I got it all the time, I probably wouldn't like it as much. It wouldn't be special. Exactly. Exactly. We should talk about our book. I'm... 
probably. <laughs> we are All thankful right. for you being here, dear listener. Let's talk about a book. Okay. Well, we'll start with a brief recap of our previous chapter in which Prince Philip was black affronted. <laughs> Jings, he was black affronted. By the fact that MI5 had gone around him to question his valet and was like, you need to step in and do something and shut this down. You need to fire that guy to Antarctica tomorrow. And the queen was like, calm down. (laughs) I've got this. Take a breath. I'm having a meeting with him tomorrow. And that is exactly where we pick up as we move into chapter 26 of The Winds Are Not by S.J. Bennett. I feel like I'm talking a little low because we're also doing our after bedtime recording because of the <laughs> long weekend, because of Thanksgiving, we, we couldn't record during the day. Like we normally do. Yeah. And so I, I feel like I'm half whispering. So I apologize if that's coming through. <laughs> it's just a slightly sexier read along. That's all. There you go. Read along after dark. But um, we pick up the chapter with actually kind of rosy. Yeah. Not a lot with Rosie. Like, she doesn't have any vast revelations or find out anything new. It's just sort of like a check-in. Yeah. Which, on the one hand, great. Because I was just saying, I think last chapter, uh, we haven't seen Rosie in a while. Yeah. What's up with her? Well, now we know. She's busy. Well, she's busy and also she's not quite on the cusp of starting to feel a little left out. Because she was involved in the early part of the investigation and then McLaughlin kind of took over. Well, yeah, because he can do some sleuthing that Rosie can't. But really can't. Plain and simple. Partly because he's retired, mm-hmm. so he has the time to go and do this stuff. And partly because uh, sleuthing is not actually Rosie's job? No, not per really. Per se? Like, she's busy. She's the assistant to the personal secretary. Like, she's got lots of stuff to do. Yeah, no, she's not the assistant to the personal secretary. She's the assistant personal secretary. Yeah, sorry. I said that wrong way around. Yeah. So she's been feeling a little left out, but at the same time, she kind of recognizes what you were saying, that like she has a job to do and that's not her job. And the queen seems to be pleased with the progress that's been made, which is good. Yes. But Rosie also hasn't been able, because she hasn't been able to like sit down and just ask the queen, okay, what's up? Where does this connect? How does this work? Talk me through it. She's like, I don't quite understand how this all lines up. But she's kind of hit on the broad outline of what we've hit on, that Anita Moody was somehow, or for some reason, impersonating Rachel Stiles, the Knight of the Diamonds. And also that she's connected to Brodsky somehow. Yes, but she can't quite piece together how. And she's even like, was Brodsky in on it? Like, is there something going on there? Yeah, is he actually a spy? Who knows? She did confirm one thing, though. What's that? Rachel Stiles did not wear contact lenses. Right. Yes. At least the real Rachel Styles didn't. How do we know which Rachel Styles we're talking about, though? Well, we don't know. But th- the important thing is that the excuse given, oh, I've dropped my contact lens, was false. Yeah. It Not... was either a tell that it was the wrong woman, or it was a, li- a blatant lie to explain why she was interacting with Brodsky. We did say it kind of felt like a flimsy excuse, The right? flimsiest excuse. Right. Okay, so yeah, so we've confirmed something. We've checked in with Rosie. Super busy because the ambassador from Japan is coming? Yes, he's on his way. Right. So that's kind of an official visit that's going to take a lot of, you know, work. This leads us away from Rosie and to Humphreys. Yes, we actually get a chapter with Humphreys. Yeah, much like Singh earlier in the novel, 
um, we get the perspective of an authority figure who's going to see the queen and on the one hand is like, this is going to be fine. And on the other hand is like, am I in trouble? Am I being called in front of the principal? Like, Right. He's a little nervous because he has to meet with the queen. Like on the one hand, he's very self-confident and very assured and very confident in his investigation, actually. But on the other hand he recognizes that there's been no progress mm -hmm. and it's because he's barking up all the wrong trees Yes, and he's worried that the queen is upset about that. The problem is he's so married to this idea that it was like- Put That it was an agent of Vladimir Putin. Yeah, exactly. He's so married to that idea that he can't see the other avenues that he's not exploring, right? He'll continue to bark up this tree because he's convinced that it's the right one, ignoring the fact that it's not. Yeah. Right? Like, all of his leads are leading nowhere. He's not making any progress. Well, and that's what ultimately led him to question Prince Philip's valet the other day, is because they discovered some tenuous link to... Oh, some super loose a link. A very tenuous link to a Russian oligarch. Like, through a person, through a person, through a person, to a person. Who worked at a place that was kind of connected to another person, right? Like, it was... And then, and, and was dating Prince Philip's valet, and then it turns out they weren't even dating anymore. Like, no, again, that's... it's like it was an ex-girlfriend who used to have a job somewhere at a hotel that was connected to like Putin sympathizers. Yeah. Like it was a super, super loose connection. But it shows how, I, I'm going to say desperate he is getting to Desperately fit, grasping at straws. To fit this square peg into the round hole. Yeah. Because he even mentally admits to himself that they thought they had the guy with- Sandy Robertson. With poor Sandy Robertson, but- not like, even that's not going anywhere at this point. Nope. They got nothing from the archivist, who was their other lead. Nope. Right? They got nothing from Sandy Robertson. Well, they've gotten as far as they can get with Sandy Robertson, well, yeah. it seems. Again, because he didn't do it. So, you know, he's acknowledging at least the dead ends and not, like, filling in the blanks but, on his own. But at the same time is then, like, circling back around to, ah, oh, that Vladimir Putin. Yeah. You got to you gotta so admire sneaky. him because he's so sneaky. And because he, he's convinced himself that that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. And that he just hasn't dug far enough into the house staff. And he's like, you know, it's a shame that these, that these two old royals are so attached to the help that they're impeding our investigation. Ugh. Ugh. Just, it's such a sad and yet at the same time fitting attitude for him. Yeah, they're not people to him. They're just, they're just employees. Yeah. Well, also, he's the head of MI5. His life is very different. Showing him for what he is, right? Like, he is paid to be suspicious. That is the whole point of his job. Yeah, but he's also paid to be good at his job. Well, okay, he is not. That's fair. But so far, he hasn't been. But he does show up, he meets the queen, and despite his initial, like, little bit in the back of his mind concern, she turns out to be just super genial. She's chatty. She's very assuring that she's very pleased with the way the investigation is going. Basically the exact same way she was with Singh. Well, until he got to the part about no progress and then she was like, mm. and the part about him like pestering her staff and she was like, because mm. he has a comment about how like obviously the bothering of the staff at Windsor is, you know, annoying her. Yeah. Which, fair, because it is. And then she insists on walking him out. And it's here that the queen works her little queen magic because she starts talking about like this tour of universities she's about to go on. And she makes special mention of Allingham, which is the school that Brodsky went to to learn piano. 
Yes. And she's like, you know what? The death of this man is still kind of rattling around in my brain. He was such a gifted piano player. I'm very much looking forward to checking out this music department. And that's her planting the seed because who else was at that department? Uh, Anita Moody. Anita Moody went to school with him there. Yes, yes. In the same class, in the same department. And she was the person that we now believe may have been impersonating Rachel Stiles. Yes. Which, by the way, Humphreys brings up. Oh, it turns out, by the way, we got it through the channels from the detective chief inspector that there was, in fact, someone impersonating someone else at a meeting that night. But don't worry. It wasn't a big deal. Very minor. It was minor. There's no national security at risk. Just a weird coincidence. And then I clenched my jaw a little. Yeah. It's interesting that that is a weird coincidence, but the fact that Sandy Robertson had the same underwear, (laughs) which he had purchased for his daughter, was not a coincidence. No, not at all. That was a definitive clue that something was up. But the fact that there was literally someone impersonating someone else in the castle that night who had slipped by security, not a big deal. No. Not worth checking into. Yeah, don't don't worry your pretty little head about it, Your Majesty. Yeah. Ugh. But she does point him in the direction of Anita Moody here, and that's her work and her magic. Here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that Humphreys is too narrow of sight to take that seed and do anything with it. Well, I'm worried he's going to disregard the queen. You think that he's so fixated on his idea of what the solution must be that he's willing to disregard other evidence yep. outright? That she's not actually going to inspire him to make a connection by simply mentioning something to put in his brain? Well, after the meeting, he gets told that there's some interesting CCTV footage he should check out. So yes, maybe it's all coming together. Maybe. Maybe he will be presented with evidence that he can't just discount as a weird coincidence. I hope so. Also, if Humphrey gets like the hero credit for this, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. Well, he's strong like, Haha, and... I solved it. Aren't I brilliant? Well, Detective Chief Inspector Strong and the commissioner... Singh should probably get the most credit for it. Agreed. Even though anyone but Humphrey. Even though really the Queen and Rosie and McLaughlin should be getting the actual credit for it, but they're not in it for the credit. That's no, not that's it's not true. what they're doing this for. Not in it for the credit. The Queen I think the Queen gets like pleasure out of this. Like it's an exciting thing for her to do. She likes solving mysteries. Yeah. Also, I mean, solving a murder is a good thing to do. One would argue. Yes. Yeah. One would my bad British accent. Right. So that's kind of where we end off. Another shortish chapter of the queen just kind of like sprinkling her magic, mm-hmm. her queen magic. I really hope the whole book is the rest of this. Just the, the queen planting little seeds. And watching it all kind of come together yeah, in the end. Like I talked about before. Like I just, I just want the whole rest of this book to be like, I'm just going to plant this here and I'm just going to plant this here and then watch the whole thing just magically come together. That's certainly the way it's pointing right now. I am looking forward to that. We'll have to see if that trend continues as we move into chapter 27, which you're going to want to read up on in time for next week. Yes. In the meantime, as always, you can give us a little rating and a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We appreciate those. We really do. Yep. We also like to interact with you via social media. Absolutely. Uh, We are on the app formerly known as Twitter and currently known as X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Goodreads. We are at the read-along on most of those. Yeah, if I haven't replied to you because you have sent us something uh, lately... Some of those older legacy social media sites aren't as uh, good at notifying you when you get replies and <laughs> tweets as they used to. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah, if, if I've missed something, I do apologize. But uh, I do try to interact with 
people when they interact with us. Yes, yeah. we do. Um, you can also send us an email, of course. Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. More Queenie magic. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.